Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. Today is November 2nd, 2022. It is 11, and it's important, 11.13 a.m. because the Fed just made their announcement. This is podcast number nine, and today we will discuss two topics. First, we before we get to the big one, which is why there are only two, talk about a smaller one that is really unique for the growing interaction, not, not even the correlation so much, is the interaction between the crypto and fiat worlds. Last Thursday, there was a, an absolutely amazing development. As many of you know, uh, fiat companies generally announce the results after the close of the market. So they don't, they don't uh, immediately influence the market and give, give people time to absorb the whatever the news is. Now, the markets in the East Coast of the United States close at 4 p.m. And the announcements are generally made almost immediately after that. And there is still after hours trading. So they're not entirely outside of or beyond the reach of markets in terms of reacting instantly. Well, last Thursday, as you recall, as you may recall, there were a number of announcements with uh, Meta and Amazon and uh, tech companies in general, whether they made the announcement specifically or not, they were caught up in the contagion. In the aftermarket, they absolutely plunged Meta over a 24-hour period, lost almost one quarter of its total value. Uh, Mark, Zucker, Mark Zuckerberg may actually have to eat some rice occasionally now. And the, the entire tech market sank, but it was mostly, again, in, or it was only actually in after-hours trading because all of those announcements were after the market closed. But of course, crypto markets are open 24-7. So I was amazed to see that as soon as those announcements were made, crypto markets, BTC and the market in general, dropped something like 4%. It was, I've never seen that tight. It's not so much a correlation between markets, but a correlation between news and how the fiat news and how the crypto markets behave. Because at best, Apple and Amazon and, and other companies that get lumped in the tech bag, whether they should be or not, such as Tesla, they are at best tangentially related to crypto. Uh, second or third or even fourth orders of magnitude away, yet though that economic news bled over into uh, the, the crypto space with an immediate negative reaction. And strangely enough, it was negative. You could almost expect, well, let's see, if it's bad economic news, that means maybe the Fed won't tighten so much, so maybe it's actually good for markets. But no, it reacted straight up, the crypto market did, and and plunged. I've never seen behavior like that. I've seen that sort of behavior when there was negative market news and both fiat and crypto markets went down, but never something like this where there was purely what we can call fiat market news and the crypto markets reacted to that. It reinforces my thesis that because of the increased amount of institutional attention and investment in the crypto space, Crypto is now behaving as a risk-on investment. And when there's bad news on the tech side, which is also uh, considered a higher risk investment, it directly affects crypto. And, and at, at, with that, on that particular day, there's absolutely no arguing with the thesis. It was really quite, really quite amazing. So then we get to the news that's all of 10 minutes old, which is why we timed this 
uh, particular uh, episode of Out on a Limb, and that is the what the Fed uh, was going to announce today. The Fed, the, the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, on uh, the interest rate increase. Now, we've discussed already how in the past, you know, in the 80s and 90s, the Fed would not broadcast its its intentions nearly as much as it is now. That approach has sort of evolved and gotten more sophisticated, I think, as more and more people pay attention to what the Fed is doing. And it's, I'm fine on the trend. I'm, I don't really have opinion one way or the other as to whether it's good or not that it broadcasts. But one of the impacts of the Fed broadcasting that this was going to be the fourth consecutive 75 basis point increase in, in interest rates, which has never happened before. 75 rarely has happened. We've never had I don't believe we ever had two consecutive ones. We've definitely never had three or four consecutive ones. So now we're talking a 3% increase in interest rates in five months, which is a remarkably short period of time. Nevertheless, though, interest rates are just over 4%. So we haven't, we're, we're really not high, only because obviously the post-COVID and, and post-housing uh, issue from 0809, that entire period resulted in interest rates being so low. So yes, we've had a huge increase in nominal terms, but again, in nominal terms, are just over 4%, which historically the U.S. has exceeded and many other companies, countries have exceeded on many an occasion. This, the corollary, though, to what happens when the Fed broadcasts what it is going to do is that the language of the Fed announcement becomes much more important. Uh, Powell is going to appear in about 15 minutes at a, a news conference, but immediately with the increase, the Fed releases a statement. And you know, people talk about reading tea leaves to figure out what's going on in the Kremlin or what's going on in Beijing. The exact same thing happens with respect to the Fed. Well, this time the Fed made it easy. And as soon as the announcement came out, the S&P went from being down 30 bips to up 70 bips, so it moved 1% in about two minutes. It's fallen back a little bit as, as I'm speaking, it's up about 30 bips, but it's still a big, it's a big shift. Uh, on the crypto side, uh, BTC dropped just before the announcement from about 20,500 to 20,200, as people getting nervous, I suspect, about it or reacting just to the headline number, the 75 bips, and then shot up uh, $500, uh, $500, so 2.5% shot up in about uh, two minutes, uh, and it's hovering there now uh, when the language became clear. So let's look at the language. I don't usually do long quotes or anything, but uh, I'm going to there's one sentence here that I want to read from what the Fed statement said, because this sentence is new. Uh, as those of you who, are, who are, have some expertise in Fed watching may know, the statements change very little from period to period. Over the years they will, but from any given FOMC meeting to the next, which is generally six weeks away, they'll change one or two words, generally change an adjective or an adverb, so instead of strongly increasing, they may take out it or they may, be, they may say something like slightly increasing. And the whole world will try to decipher what the shift from strongly to slightly means. But here, the Fed made it easy for the Fed watchers, made it easy to read the tea leaves because they added an entirely new sentence. And I'd like to read that sentence. In determining the pace of future increases in the target range, 
and the target range is where the FOMC would like uh, would like uh, to use to force inflation two percent. My aside there. So I'll start again. In determining the pace of future increases in the target range, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. Now, most of that is pretty much boilerplate, but there is a key phrase in the middle. It'll, the, so the FOMC will take into consideration the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity inflation. So what the Fed is doing is saying basically, look, we just cranked up the interest rate by 3%, four uh, record increases of, 40, uh, of 75 basis points, which the Fed literally has never done, very rarely increases by 75 bips and has never done uh, four in a row. And so the Fed is basically saying, look, we, we're probably not going to accelerate as quickly for a while until we see what exactly is the effect on the economy. You, you, can't, expect, you can't expect immediately inflation to drop because yesterday we kicked up the, uh, the interest rates in the United States. So it's a very interesting statement. The general lag time is determined by most folks to be, or estimated by most folks to be from six to nine months. So if you look at when the aggressive tightening took place, we're not even at the beginning of that. We're not even at the six-month level. There was an increase in, in March, but it wasn't that big. So really, the Fed is saying, is saying, you know, we're going to, we're not going to take our foot off the pedal in terms of increases. We're not, and we're certainly not going to put our foot on the brake to, to reverse increases. But we're probably not going to press the accelerator as hard as we have been. So the conclusion from this is twofold. One, and here's, here's my, me going out on a limb, we're looking at 50 basis points in December unless something really outrageous happens. And that will be the last such increase. We're probably looking at 25 in January and February. Again, barring inflation actually increasing. Uh, inflation, uh, inflation has doesn't react immediately to interest rate increases. You can look at the housing market and see that, where it's only in the last couple of months where mortgage rates have increased, where finally the uh, the pace of sales of houses is dropping, particularly in the high end, the more than a million and a half for $2 million. You're seeing significant drops. You're seeing significant price cuts. But that's only actually fairly recently. And on the low end, and low being, I guess, by Southern California standards, for a million and a million and a half, uh, the prices of those houses are not particularly going down. Sales have slowed, but not nearly as much on the high end, uh, simply because there was so little supply in the United States. The, the Fed really has a problem when there's, when you want to slow down the economy, there are, are usually not so many tailwinds pushing the economy forward. But here we have low unemployment and the number of jobs uh, uh, announced, the number of job openings actually increased over the last 30 days. And you have a very limited supply of housing, which is a major factor, not only of the U.S. economy, but lodging is the single biggest piece of the inflation indicator, particularly core inflation when you strip out food and energy. 
So the Fed has a problem that's more difficult than usual because, and, and this is an odd problem to have, this again goes to good news being bad news, you have great employment numbers, you still have a solid housing market, although not as solid as it was obviously six months ago, and the Fed has to, to some degree, fight all of that to drop inflation because if unemployment is very low, if job openings are very high, that means that there are going to be more people making money, more people buying goods, and more people driving up inflation. But on the other hand, the Fed just said, look, we're going to wait a while and see uh, what the effect is because we understand the effect on inflation of higher interest rates is not instantaneous. So there we have it, a, a fascinating example both of correlation between crypto and fiat, everyone reacting to the exact same news, the tea leaf reading out of the, out of the Fed statement. And with that, perhaps we'll have some food for the next podcast with Powell's statement, uh, which is about to start in a couple of minutes. With that, I wish you all a very good day.